Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet. 24 hours a day. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another live program here on Voice of Islam radio station. You're listening to the Drive Time Show and today you're joined by myself, Safir and Fahim here in the studio. Assalamualaikum Fahim. Waalaikum salam. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Alhamdulillah. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I'm enjoying uh, the weather. It's It's kind of like slowed down a bit but I hear that there's uh, sunny days coming over the weekend yeah I love how you you like to sit right next to the window right so you yeah. can always uh, have a look I like out. to look out yeah. just before the, <laughs> I make this comment I always have a look let me just check, fact check what I'm saying <laughs> yeah no um yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's everybody can agree that you know it's it's turning a little bit slowly, slowly. Yeah. Although it's still very warm at times, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, also getting darker really soon. Yeah, now. yeah, it's and I think, I, I think our listeners can probably tell from our voices as well that we've got a little bit of a, you know, a <laughs> <laughs> little bit of a, uh, uh, what's it, blocked uh, noses yes. and. Uh, uh, maybe not a stuffy. Great throat. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's that time of the year, anyway. But every day, every day here on Voice of Islam radio station, by the grace of Allah, we have uh, positive uh, topics and uh, interesting topics for you. We're always looking to share uh, these uh, topics and conversations with you. And uh, these are some of the very important topics that we discuss on 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 these live shows. So we always welcome you to give us a call uh, to to join in in our programs. Or in fact, if if there's anything that you would like to talk about, then do give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. That's zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. That's our number. So you can give us give us a call on that. But you can also uh, find out all the information, uh, and including our number to call on, on our website, voiceofislam.co.uk. You put that in and you get everything uh, that you need. Don't forget, you can always listen back to the programs that you have, may have missed as well uh, on our uh, podcasts as well. Yeah. So today we are discussing two great topics. Um, the first one is childhood obesity. Um, I say it's a good topic 
not because of childhood obesity is a good thing. That's that's not a good thing, and that's not what I'm saying. It's what an I'm, important topic. It's to an talk important about, yeah. subject that we need to discuss. That we need to consistently remind people and to understand. Because look, the only way you can tackle any sort of problem is through understanding. Mm. Right, so that's why we do these shows. That's why we discuss topics like this, because if someone walks away from this show or having listened to the show realizes one thing and makes that one change, and they do that consistently over time, we would have made an impact on someone's mm. life, and ultimately that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, and because we're going to look at childhood obesity, it's it it is really important. Yeah. I mean, we're not just talking about this because uh, it's one of the issues. It is. A big issue, yeah. And um, you know, if we start off with 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 guidance from from the Islamic uh, teachings, you know, like how we talk about many health uh, issues and topics, uh, you know, you'll be surprised, and and our listeners, uh, you know, may agree that you know we find so much guidance from Islam as a religion. Yeah. It's because many people think, okay, Islam, yeah, and like other religions, it's not really related to health or you know it's not related to your everyday uh you know life but it is you know islam really goes deep into the habits and lifestyle it talks about how you should eat cleanliness all of these things what you put in your body basically it goes really uh into minor details uh, in terms of how you should lead your life 100% and the thing is is that what i found is that if you don't go with it if you go in the angle of islam isn't compatible with the world or science or whatever then you you won't see it but if you go with the attitude that okay this is a religion that is for the rest of mankind for till the end of time if you just have that one thing where you're like hey let me see islam it's not not trying to make islam fit into the box of the world mm. try to understand the world through an islamic lens and i guarantee you you will find a guidance or solution to every single problem yeah. that is in this contemporary time that is out there yeah that, that you, and you realize and it's just that switch of perspective yeah. that instead of trying to find the fault in islam just try to think about the problems that you're facing mm. and think okay what advice is there and yeah. that's why we do these shows right yeah. to to ho- highlight like, these just things. look look for example this verse of the holy quran we look at yeah. chapter 7 verse 32 if you were to pick up the holy quran you you come to this verse and it says all children of adam and when it says all children of adam it means all of us because yes. humanity so allah the almighty says all children of adam all people look at your adornment at every time and place of worship and eat and drink but exceed not the bounds so here is the key message that right eat and drink but exceed not the bounds and that's related to what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. and that's childhood obesity then the verse says surely he does not as in allah does not love those who exceed bounds, bounds so yeah. it's such a universal such a wide covering verse you know mm. from excess of er- anything yeah. anything and everything right yeah. so here Allah Almighty says eat and drink but you know have a balance do not exceed the bounds and as we said childhood obesity um is a major uh global issue um and over the past few decades it has steadily been increasing as well 
Um, we know that there are many factors that contribute to this uh, this problem. One significant and often overlooked f- uh, factor is poverty. And this is really, really important to understand this because uh, there there's a research done into this as well that the primary cause of Britain's childhood obesity uh, is poverty. Mm. And this is, uh, you know, like, for example this uh, type 2 diabetes that is becoming very common yeah. uh, amongst uh, children <coughs> was unheard of you know if you go back a yeah. couple of decades but data now shows that it is you know increasing number of children are being treated with uh, pediatric diabetes u- units in England and Wales and is you know increasing by 50% in the last 5 years so mm. it shows that this uh, disease is linked to, you know, the childhood obesity. Yeah. And why is that the case? Is because when they did their research, they found out that most of these children who are suffering mm. from child obesity and these diseases then, uh, when they did their research, they found out that they live in areas which are deprived. Yeah. Areas areas which mm. are where, where people are struggling to cope, you know. People coming into schools hungry. Yeah. People not uh, having proper clean food you yeah. know there is too much excess of of well, unhealthy food yeah so like it's so cheap, cheap as well yeah. right like it's cheap quality mass produced injected with god knows what and it's just available everywhere right yeah. and not to single out any sort of um type of food or anything but for an example like there's a lot of chicken fried chicken shops around in every single area and you know I tell you that even that is not cheap anymore everything is more expensive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the cost of living crisis yeah. is, is another thing for but sure it's, I mean but convenience, convenience plus the uh, prices of yeah. course I mean if if you were to say you know make uh, some kind of food or lunch for, for children yeah. uh, you know it's e- easier to just chuck chicken nuggets and chips yeah, in, yeah. in the oven yeah. than actually cutting a fruit and vegetables and also, the fact mm. that it is more expensive too, yeah, you know, to to get hold of the, those things. Definitely, and I think that yeah, it's just this ease of access. It's the thing is, you don't even have to leave your house anymore, right? Like before, you at least you got the exercise on the way to the restaurant, mm. for example. But these days, it turns up at your door. You don't even have to, and and it's so easy. It's not like I have to phone someone and uh, take give my credit card over the phone or pay cash on the door. It's literally it's two three clicks and you can have uh, a, a 2000 calorie meal yeah. right in front of you yeah yeah and and so i'm not surprised that this is an issue and this is a big issue and you know ultimately these things come down to uh, it comes down to education it comes down to accessibility right and the thing is is that we we it's clearly showing that um you know there is a limit to access to healthy food um and yeah so it's not surprising yeah it's uh it's and it's the link with poverty is uh, is is a very alarming one as well because we know that families with lower incomes uh families in areas where there are m- more people that are mm. uh you know on lower incomes yeah. uh they would not afford to buy fresh fruits vegetables things that yeah. are perishable mm. fairly quickly i mean is you you have yeah. to buy it every every few days you know if you want to have fresh yeah. 
So that is expensive. Whereas if you have something that's unhealthy with the less nut- nutritious value, yeah, uh, you know, pumped full of additives. Yeah, and but you yeah. can chuck it in the freezer yeah. and you can use it over and over again. I mean, it's just you know, economically mm. it makes sense. Yeah, but health-wise, it's a disaster. Well, right? it's time, right? We do. Mm. We have such a there's a time epidemic as well, right? Like the fact that although it's not true. Most of us, if we were asked, you'd probably the first question for an excuse to not to do something is I don't have time, mm. right? Whereas you make time for the things that are important, right? Like we make time for these things. So <clears throat> I think that that is a big thing. It's like you know being from a deprived background and not having time, right? Like that's what essentially having a bit more money, having a bit more um, stability will give you is time back and then time to make better decisions whereas you know I'm sure we've all experienced it where it's like oh I'm in a rush let me just grab whatever's in front of me and I'll eat that right Mm. whereas if you take the time to think okay and that's usually because you know you've woken up late or whatever but um, so for me I think that that is one of the biggest things is that a lack of time because it's like potentially working two, three jobs, um, you know, having a bunch of kids that don't have the support at home, mm. you know, there's no family unit. There's there's so many different things that could be involved. Yeah. But it's like having all of these, the not having the time uh, to focus on, like... It's it's like they were the same during the cost of living crisis, right? Like where people were having to choose: should I uh, turn on the heating or should I get my next meal? And it's like okay, when 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 you don't have the um, the funding to be able to um, be to choose uh, healthier food, mm. uh, then obviously you're just going to get whatever is available and whatever is cheap. So it's the thing is it's. We could do so much. We could talk about it quite often, and we could discuss it. But ultimately, it is a very big problem, and you know we need to raise awareness. And as much as we can do is 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 what we can do, really. Yeah. And yeah, but it's just I think education, isn't it? Because yeah, yes, uh, it is a fact that affordability is an issue. Mm. But <clears throat> if the parents were to be given that information given that education maybe even with a limited budget i feel like you could yeah you could certainly find some ways to um you know have more simpler healthier food uh because obviously vegetables are going to be cheaper than meat for mm-hmm. example um but again that's something down to education but it's like a spiral isn't it, it it's not the problem is that when there are areas that are deprived when where there is uh, poverty then people don't have this education either mm. that they can do this yeah. or they might not even know what schemes are out there to help them on how they yeah. can actually get support so we've talked about this before as well and i've uh, i remember that pl- multiple times uh, our guests mentioned that you know th- that sometimes people don't know that there is this kind of support their problems yeah. because many people don't have the education they don't have the awareness themselves so that message you know through schools maybe through other f- means need to get to them that there is help out there uh, advice is there as well for people to benefit <coughs> and then even within their budget 
uh, even in deprived areas the, you know uh, there the, there could be ways to to improve yeah. the health of children yeah and look it's not just about food right there's also the the lack of physical activity opportunities right i think that um a, a consequence a clear consequence of poverty is limited access to safe and well maintained recreational facilities i think um you know ch- children from low income families may not have access to parks playgrounds or sp- sports programs which are essential in promoting physical activity and with the increase of technology we're finding that um children are just moving less mm. right yeah on that particular point yeah. uh, let's speak to our guest uh, we have Josh McDonald with us who um is public affairs lead at the food foundation a charity whose mission is to change food policy and business practice to ensure that everyone across the UK can afford and access a healthy diet. Just a uh, good afternoon, uh, peace be upon you and welcome to the Voice of Islam radio station. How are you? Thank you so much and peace be upon you too and to all your listeners. I'm very well, thank you. Thank Thanks you for having me. Thank you. Um could you share some statistics on the trends related to childhood obesity? um in the UK yeah absolutely and the trends and statistics are actually very alarming if you take a primary school class which on average in the UK is approximately 30 children when those children start primary school age 4 or 5 approximately 6 of them will be living with obesity or overweight when those children finish primary school age 10 or 11 more than 10 of them on average will be living with obesity or overweight so that's a third of children when wow. they finish primary school it's a lot wow exactly and i mean why does that matter it matters because those children who are living with obesity or overweight are much more likely to grow into adults who are living with obesity or overweight and those those adults are much more likely to have worse health, health outcomes heart disease lung disease diabetes stroke many different kinds of cancer you know a lot of painful and in many cases fatal diseases that we're currently setting children up to suffer from at a much too young an age right and um, what what are the key factors contributing to the rise in childhood obesity in in recent years well i mean the key factor is that we're increasingly being sold food in our supermarkets on our high streets and our corner shops they're highly processed and high in fat salt and sugar um you know that's what's most available it's what's most appealing and it's often what's most affordable you know healthy food per calorie on average is more than twice the price of unhealthy food so mm-hmm. it's no wonder that people are buying unhealthy food especially after you know more than the decade of austerity that we've had in this country. You know, we know that hit the least well off the most. Things like universal credit, the minimum wage, they're not linked to the price of food. So the price of food goes up, the wages, social security don't go up. And that doesn't lead to people necessarily buying less food. It leads to them buying less good quality food. Food that is high in energy but low in nutrients. Right, and so where where did parents come in and how can they play that 
more active role in preventing this childhood obesity? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody in this country, and you know, a lot of people around the world know what healthy food looks like, right? We know that healthy food tends to be high in fruit, vegetables, pulses, whole foods, plants. You know, so and everybody knows that. I don't need to tell people that. The government doesn't even need to tell people that. People know it. So I think it's really important not to blame parents here. You know, over the last 30 years, obesity in the UK has got much worse, and childhood obesity as well. That doesn't mean that parenting has got much worse. What's got worse is the amount of high-fat, salt and sugar food that's on offer. You know, parents these days, they're increasingly low on time, increasingly low on money. So it's only natural and normal that they buy food with cheap, filling and easy. You know, things that are highly processed, things like cake, chocolate bars, ready meals. It's, it's normal. People, people would buy those things when their time and money poor. Hmm. So I, I guess the question is that if if they if if the if if people know what healthy food is and what is non-healthy food i mean i'm sure in schools as well they are you know you know if feeding them as well the best they they can obviously with the mm. uh, you know uh, limited budgets and cuts and things like that but still there there is an education environment there so why is it that the numbers of children in obesity are increasing well, as I say, it's because the amount of um, poor quality food mm. that's being sold to us is increasing. It's um, increasingly, I mean, marketing is the primary driver of consumption. Unhealthy food is increasingly being advertised and increasingly marketed to us. It's more attractive. I've never seen, exact, well, it, but it's made more attractive. That made more attractive. By accident. Exactly. Have you ever seen a carrot advertised on television? Have you seen a uh, Buy one, get one free deal on broccoli. No, oh, they're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> only <laughs> only in other ways. Only in other ways, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's always soft drinks, you know, fizzy drinks. Or deep fried. Chocolate or anything deep fried. That's what I've, that increasingly advertised to us. And that's what mar- is marketed to us. So it's unsurprising that that's what people will buy. And on top of that, you have more and more junk food and fast food outlets. Are cropping up all over, the, you know, popped up over the last thirty years. People buy and people eat what is around them. Mm. They live next to a junk food shop. They will eat junk food. I mean, we all we've all had this experience. Yeah. Walked into a meeting and there's a plate of biscuits or a plate of cake. Yeah. And we we eat the biscuits and the cake. I eat the biscuits and the, and the cake, and I work trying to promote healthy food. It's just a totally normal human natural thing to eat what's around you. Yeah. So the thing that we really need to change is people's environments. We need to do things that restrict the advertising of unhealthy foods, restrict marketing, such as buy one, get one free deals on unhealthy food, which the government was going to do, but has just delayed for another two years. And instead, we need to be doing more to promote healthy whole foods, fruit, vegetables, pulses. Could you just uh, briefly mention what the uh, policy was? I think you mentioned that it was something was delayed by two years. Of uh, what was that? Yeah. So the, 
the policy that well, there were two policies, two key pieces of regulation right. that this government has just delayed. The first one is about restrictions on advertising hmm. um, of unhealthy foods on TV and online. The second one is about restricting buy one get one free deals. Okay. Um, so at the moment, there are lots of buy one get one free deals on unhealthy foods, cakes, biscuits, and things. Hmm. Um, the problem is that they encourage people to buy more than they need. Yeah. They go in to buy one packet of biscuits, but uh, buy one get one free deal, and they end up buying two packets of biscuits. Yeah. Alternative, of course, you could still have the deal, but make it a different. You could make it a half price deal, so, and then people would just buy one packet of biscuits, but for half the price. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, th- these these are you know things that needs to be tackled, isn't it? And I think it's a big, it's a big uh, fight, you could say, uh, between the corporations, mm-hmm. money involved. Uh, but on the on the other side, you have our future of our children, you know. <laughs> so, so it it, it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. Yeah. But I mean, the people who can tackle this problem is the government. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who could set these regulations. They could give um, corporations, food manufacturers, food, food retailers incentives to sell healthier food and stop selling such unhealthy food on such a big scale. If they do that, you know, for instance, they create laws or regulations that put all companies operating in Britain on a level playing field. That nobody's being discriminated against. All companies have to operate within the same regulations so, you know, good quality, healthy food. So when you say in- incentives, do you mean like tax relief? Well, tax relief is an option. There are other um, possible options. Uh, one that's being promoted by uh, the Recipe for Change campaign, which we support, is um, sim- building on the success of the soft drinks industry level, which was introduced about 10 years ago, which was where sugary drinks... The sugar the manufacturers. <laughs> Yeah, in other words, all this sugar tax. And I mean, that has really reduced um, children's consumption of sugar based on the drinks. Yeah, but if if they're just going from a Coca Cola to a Coke Zero, is that still Uh having it? Because. I found with the sugar tax, like that's what's been happening, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're dropping it below a certain sugar level. But how do we get them from, instead of going from Coca Cola, for example, to Coke Zero to. Coca-Cola to water or you yeah. know, something else like how like how's that going to happen well I mean you can't tell people what to what to eat or drink of course, I, yeah. the first thing. I, I think restrictions on advertising would be a big part of that you know one mm. of the reasons so many children want to drink those fizzy drinks is because they're being advertised to you know they're made to look cool you know they've almost got a sort of status symbol to them if we, yeah. you know restricted that advertising or even actively, the government actively funded advertising to promote fruit, vegetables, and pulses, then we may have a very different picture. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just last question uh, uh, I wanted to ask you was that as the children um, fall into uh, obesity, what are the challenges for them um, in terms of them going into schools and I'm particularly thinking about maybe being target of of bullying as well as yeah. you know that their poor health not only will impact mm. them in the future but also maybe their education at that point as well 
Mm. Yeah, well, the bullying point you mentioned is a really, really important one because, of course, people living with obesity and overweight face a lot of stigma. And that's true of adults, actually, as well as children. You know, fat shaming is unfortunately quite common in our society. <clears throat> but, I mean, ultimately, that is the result of this narrative that if you're living with overweight or obesity, then it's you know, your fault. You, know, you shouldn't have done this to yourself. You know, you've eaten the wrong thing. Instead of the reality being that you know, we're creating environments where it's really actively difficult not have obesity or overweight for some people. You know, you re- sometimes you really have to look for the healthy food. It's difficult to find sometimes in supermarkets. Um, so, so I guess it's just important to emphasize that all of this is not about what people look like. It's not about, you know, policing what people look like. It's just about trying to create environments where it's not so difficult to live healthily. In fact, it's actively easy to live healthily and eat a nutritious diet. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us. Uh, it was really insightful, uh, Joss, to, to talk to, to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. 0208-687-7878 is the number to call. Um, obviously, if, you, if you're listening in and you would like to get involved, of course, that's the number to call. Give us a call. Tell us what you think um, and how can we solve uh, this issue because uh, you know w- what is really frightening is that it's not coming down the, these numbers are going up yeah. and more and more children are going to suffer <coughs> and uh, what I was r- reading was that uh, about 10% of the NHS budget hmm. is uh, now being spent on um, on on, uh, on on th- on diabetes on mm. type 2 diabetes i think it was and and that shows how much it's going to cost it cost billions uh billions to to the nhs but forget about the money mm. but on the other side those people who do make the policies and we have looked at what is happening in this country for some time now mm. where there are being several cuts put in place for the poorest in the society yeah so the more the more you neglect and leave those people who are suffering that need the most help and mm. investment from the top the more issues you will have with the with this for example so if there is deprived areas where children are suffering from health mm. and why are they suffering because it's directly linked to poverty you know <clears throat> it's directly linked with their lifestyle the opportunities are very limited there yeah then why would you do cuts <laughs> for, for the poorest in the society they need and it's all it will only benefit people you know yeah the billions uh, that uh, you know is being uh, spent by the nhs for people suffering with diabetes mm. you know just imagine if if you know these deprived areas the investment was prevention there. Even instead of a cure we're right? not talking about billions yeah. but just millions right yeah. but that will reduce the cost overall for yeah, the because you, you're basically saying prevention bef- yes. instead of cure yeah. right like why cure a problem when you could prevent it in the first yeah. place right so give giving people the right the support that they needed um no i i, I totally agree i mean I it's, think it's it's very it's sad to see that there are so many food banks that are, you know you you see lines and lines of people mm-hmm. standing in food banks here in <coughs> the uk you know this is mm. not a third world country this yeah. is not 
developing you know, nation, a yeah. developing uh, country where you expect poverty is going to be an issue but it's sad that you see that mm. you know um and and sometimes you see uh, children in those lines and it's heartbreaking yeah because you know it's 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 not it shouldn't be like that no definitely i think that um see it's it's habit building as mm. well right that's the thing and i think that um as our guest mentioned right when the children enter primary school yeah they when they're young they're not they're not like only 6 out of 30 are obese but a third by the end of primary school and mm. i think that that just says all oh, that like you know it's these habits that are built from young age and i think that this is where islam comes into it of just moderation is key and it's not like it's not about saying okay never have things that you like only eat broccoli like boiled broccoli all day every day like yeah. no one's saying that it's just have a balance and i think that that's one of the key things that islam always teaches is to have a balance in every aspect of life the key is moderation in everything so enjoy like you know have the cake or, or or whatever but you don't need to have like like you're saying i think that's where the advertising is really key i think that if it's like hey you're not getting uh buy one get one free on the um on the the cakes and, and the sugary things it's mm. actually on the healthy things mm. then you are going to encourage more people to be like okay you know what because i'm getting more bang for my buck like i will i will invest in in maybe trying this instead and i think that that is is a great way cuz although the sugar tax yes i say that people have moved from like sugary like lots of sugar to l- less mean, sweetness and stuff you make but okay sugar tax was good in a way yeah, it makes it more it, expensive if you look at other p- parts of the world but people are addicted yeah. to that and yeah. people are not uh, you know helped to get off that hmm. uh, addiction to sugar why not making why not make fruit and vegetable cheaper for yeah. people you know if you make sugary sugary drinks more expensive hmm. you know it's it's better to do it the other way isn't it i mean to to make fruit and vegetable more cheaper for people to 100% to because think about it you're going to come more regularly yeah, right yeah. they because it's usually fresh those who are addicted yeah. to co- coca-cola they yeah. or uh, or any sugary drink yeah. they're going to to still buy it yeah yeah that's the thing and like you know so i, I know you talk about advertising but this is the thing that i think there's a responsibility of corporations because take the example of um, I, i do mean obviously all sugary drinks not yeah, saying yeah. anybody yeah um i was just saying that like um I'm just giving an example here yeah. is is Prime that um the the influencers uh, KSI and Logan Paul have like joined together to make and that's had a massive impact and mm-hmm. like football teams are like you know being sponsored by these energy drinks like you see it everywhere, everywhere so kid, like you, you know so they um, they would associate that with something being cool yeah. or something being yeah this is what sort after this I'm is what these these uh, athletes yeah. are using you know they they're using these special energy drinks hype that's why they're you know in a child's brain this is what is going to be yeah, going on they're right? going to so after it like yeah. you know think of it like this if a footballer has a certain haircut every child starts having that haircut mm. you know for example ronaldo all kids have ronaldo's haircut whatever he did, or it was david beckham before like so whatever they are drinking whatever they are what type of food they are eating that is what is going to influence um this future generation right mm. and i think that there is a responsibility of 
of these people who have influence to be better role, role models. Yeah. To to not just hey I want to sell I, I want <laughs> this is the thing it comes down yeah. to greed and it comes it, down to money comes making down isn't to it? Money making as well. Yeah. I mean I remember there was a press conference and uh, uh, I yes, don't know if you've I, seen yeah, it you've I seen it right yes, yeah, where yeah. Uh, Ronaldo is sitting <laughs> there right. Yeah. And there is a, a particular a soft drink. I'm yeah. not going to name yeah, it because yeah. I don't think yeah, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. Any soft drink, but there was yeah. a specific soft drink there. And then he removes it, mm. right? And he moves it away, and he he takes up, uh, he, he puts water in front of mm. him, and he says, "Agua, water, right?" Yeah. So again, that's a good thing. That's. Yeah. But that's then, of course, model, but the yeah. policies and the advertisement should be regulated because. Yeah. Of course, you know him being such a high profile. Maybe he cannot do that. Maybe he even even was fined or whatever. I don't yeah. know. But maybe there are policies that you well, know he, it has he to dropped be there. their value in the stock market. Yeah. So <laughs> so you know the, these are the issues, uh, not for us, but of course for policymakers to yeah. to look at and see that you know in, in in detail how how would that affect because you know advertisement is very. smart way right mm. to 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 advertise a product and people who who do this you do it yourself yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> i'm not going to blame you for anything but yeah you're no, into that right definitely of course yeah but so it marketing yeah it's a marketing yeah, you know what's what's going to attract people yeah but it's about like how do you use it i mean especially with children you have mm. to think okay is this morally right or is it not right you know <laughs> Yeah, so there are so many advertising policies, and I think that that's that's the thing is that yeah, they protect from a lot of different things like mental health. You know, like for example, if if something's going to discuss um, a, a mental health issue, there are warnings at the beginning, and like I think that we could just take the the same approach to physical health through food. Right, mm. like I, I like that point that you know restricting the advertising, incentivizing, you know, giving you know however it is tax reliefs or whatever to to help promote more healthy food. We are going to create a better nation, a better like you know as mm. the second caliph has has said, uh, a nation cannot be reformed without first reforming its youth. Right, so let's start there. Let's start by making sure that. the the youth have the right education yeah. about the types of foods that they should be eating and consuming um and you know incentivize the people that uh, appeal to these young uh, yeah. children that let's incentivize them to promote good things to them yeah. rather than trying to sell them and i think something. that's very interesting point because i think that's where islam helps us right hmm? i mean for many people they don't have or they they don't follow a religion or maybe they don't have guidance in mm. this way but re- as for us as muslims and i'm saying this because islam says you should you know as we've mentioned in the uh, verse opening verse yeah, yeah. that we started our program with that you know eat and drink but uh, do not exceed the bounds yeah it mm. doesn't say that you shouldn't have something sugary at all we said okay but you know don't exceed the bounds because yeah. once you exceed the bounds with anything it is going to be detrimental to your health. I mean if you drink too much water you're going to be bloated. Yeah. If you eat too much bread you're going to you know feel really sick. So there is goodness in everything. Yeah. You can you know sometimes you need quick energy. You yeah. might just have something sugary. You might have a sugary drink or something. Yeah. But don't make it a habit or don't exceed the bounds, right? Yeah. And that's the that's the key. Uh if you look at the time of uh, the holy prophet of Islam prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and I mentioned this because the more you 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 look at uh how people used to eat very clean food mm. right and drink water mm. there was no 
other options as we yeah. have millions of options now mm. but at that time even you know the prophet would have simple things bread mm. maybe with vinegar you know mm. sometimes that would be his dinner sometimes uh, only one or two dates and water that's it mm. so i think the amount of food that is available around us and also amount of unhealthy food mm. it's it's not about unhealthy and healthy Uh, simply as well i think it's about quantity as well and yeah. and that we have it readily so much available i think the lifestyle that islam promotes is one of discipline and and that discipline i think you have to have in your house as well you have to have it with your children as well because <coughs> i think it's not just right to blame you know the government or the authorities that they they should change yeah they mm. they should make those changes that we talked about with our guests yeah, yeah. right but everyone has uh you know a system that they can implement at home you know yeah. you can you have the power and it's in your hand to, to to go to the groceries to shop you know whatever your budget is you know so you have an option you have choice hmm. try to choose the the best you can right from hmm. your budget and go for the healthy options and uh and try to educate you know your children as well why it's important to to do that i mean that's something that that education uh, from the school and from the uh, environment is important but you can also implement that yourself but it comes down to people don't have guidance hmm. but islam as i said you know gives you that guidance yeah. right it gives you that guidance guidance that eat halal for example eat hmm. clean you know yeah. eat in moderation don't exceed definitely um okay so let's go to our next uh, guest we have invited we have uh, David uh with us who is currently a professor and director of graduate studies in the Charles Dyson School of Applied Economics and Management at Cornell University. Good afternoon David, welcome to the Drive Time show. Uh how are you today? Very good. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, good. Um it's a you know very uh important topic I think that we're discussing especially for the future of children and f- future of our country really. Um Could you explain the relationship between food insecurity and childhood obesity? I mean, we looked at this uh, uh, research that, uh, you know, uh, childhood obesity is directly linked to uh, food insecurity and poverty. Right. Well, th- so there is this link and it's been there for quite a while. I, I, I guess lots of researchers have looked at it and it's a bit of a puzzle. I, I don't know that we have definitive answers, but we have several sort of candidates of why this might be occurring. Um, one, so food insecure households have less money and resources to devote to diet, and uh, and so they end up purchasing lower cost foods, which tend to be nutrient poor, and can lead to to obesity if you you eat them in too much, uh, too big a quantities. Um, as well, you know, food insecure households they tend to be poor in terms of of financial resources, but also in terms of time. Um, you, you have, you know, two parents working or you have a single parent household. In fact, they're much more likely to be single parent households. They can't devote a whole lot of time to meal prep. And so they end up going for convenient foods, which are also not particularly uh, nutritious. Mm. And and the, the sort of final potential link is just that bouts of food insecurity, you know, if you're doing without food... It, food becomes a focal point and so when you do have access 
you're, you're really going for much more calorie-dense foods with your, your body's sort of natural tendency to try and ensure itself against future bouts of hunger. Mm. So, uh, when it comes to uh, obesity um, in, in children, I mean, are you, are you based in the U.S.? I am. Okay. Yes. How is it over there? I mean, is that also uh, a big issue for in schools and 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 children? Uh, absolutely. Um childhood obesity has been increasing over the last several decades dramatically and uh and it's it's something that's a concern. Um and and so there's a lot of work sort of looking at uh, specifically the food assistance programs and how they can be structured to try and help address childhood obesity specifically. Hmm. Um, school foods in particular seems like a, a wonderful opportunity to try and address this, and it's, it's led to you know, pretty substantial revision in the types of standards of what's, what's being served. Hmm. Are you aware of, uh, because this was leading to the next question about what is being done maybe in schools, maybe... Um, through authorities locally or regionally uh, to try to spread the awareness uh, through education. Are you aware of any, any, any progress on that? Well, so, so um, there have been several different types of, of sort of nutrition education programs, and I, uh, they're extremely important. You know, you need to be able to teach kids about what is important, you know, in terms of their diet, how to prepare healthy diets, that's sort of like base level required in order to, to develop good habits later on. But we also have to deal with the motivation. And, and that's part of the problem is, is even the kids who know what, what's healthy and what's not are not necessarily motivated to eat healthier food. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, that's a bit of a trick. And, and, uh, and some of the work around you know, behavioral interventions have, have really sort of looked at that. Um, kids really don't seem to be particularly attracted to things when you argue this is healthy for you, but they are if you argue, "Hey, look, this this tastes good," or um, "This is something that uh, that you know athletes that you idolize are are eating." Things like that. Yeah. No. So, what what would you say are some practical tips or recommendations for parents with limited financial resources? Like, how how can they promote healthier eating habits in their children? Well, there are a few different simple things that can be done. Um, you know, one one thing that's really important is is to remember, you know, if, if fruits and vegetables that are are uh, you know fresh. Are, are healthy, but they're also, you know, they, they spoil. And for that reason, it can be really expensive to buy a lot of them. Frozen fruits and vegetables are just as nutritious and, uh, and can last a lot longer. Finding ways of working those into meals that you're already having um, as additional ingredients is, is often a way to help kids to learn to accept them. Um, but, but also, you know, fruit, I, setting things out where they're visible, particularly if it comes to fruit, ends up being really attractive to kids and they end up eating a lot more of it or, or even, you know, like baby carrots or things like that. Mm. Convenience ends up playing a really outsized role in what we decide to eat. And so making it something convenient and making less healthy foods a little more difficult to access 
just even putting them on a shelf or in a in a cupboard, right, um, makes it a little bit less likely they'll go that direction when they choose to eat. Right, and um, are there any uh, long-term health consequences of childhood obesity that are particularly concerning, especially amongst the low-income populations? Yeah, so so long-term, you know, obese children tend to become obese adults at a, at a very high rate, and obesity is associated with a, a whole raft of, of uh, you know, health problems and, and expenses throughout life. Uh, that, that's sort of the bad news. The, um, I don't know if I could call this good news, but in comparison, normal weight children also tend to grow to be overweight adults and obese adults. And so, so the difference, there's a difference. It's, it's not as huge as, as you might expect. Um, the, the key, though, is, you know, whether they become obese or, or, or not, it, it's not as, as important as whether they become good at, at having a diverse diet, having habits of, of getting healthier foods, because a lot of those health problems that are associated with obesity can be managed if you're, you're controlling your diet and if you're, you're sort of thoughtful about the way you eat. Hmm. And I'm, I was just thinking about the, uh, another aspect of this as well, that, uh, of course, you know, when people are going to have, these children are going to have issues because of obesity and uh, lack of nutrition and proper food, that's going to impact their health. And the families who are already on low income, uh, I mean, in, in, in USA, I don't know how the system is for, for uh, medical care, but that's another expense, isn't it, that increases and, and increases? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it, in the U.S., it's uh, you know you're on the hook for your own medical expenses unless you're sort of under a certain income level or if you're you've you've aged into a, a public benefit. Um, and so it's yeah, it is. It's something that's going to actually affect you pretty directly for most people. Mm. Um, and and if not, it's it's certainly going to make your life difficult, even if if you have it covered by by government assistance. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, David. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. I mean, it certainly helps with awareness, and we hope that most and more and more people, uh, you know, benefit from that. Even if people are listening in, uh, you know, they can they can really uh, take something away that would be wonderful. Uh, so, thank you very much for your uh, input and your time. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye bye. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. Uh, you can also tweet at Voice of Islam UK. Uh, you're listening to Voice of Islam radio station. Uh, join us after the break. Um, you're listening to the Drive Time Show here on Voice of Islam. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Draft Time Show here on Voice of Islam Radio Station. So, we were talking about childhood uh, obesity and, uh, you know, listening to our guests as well, uh, we heard about the, uh, you know, 
the severity of the issue. Yeah. But of course, it brings us back to what the solution is. And the solution yeah. is, as we uh, mentioned uh, through the Islamic teachings about eating and drinking in moderation and not exceeding bounds and looking after ourselves and our children. Uh, and it takes a collective effort to do that for him. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like we, Islam teaches us to do everything in moderation and, you know, even with the the Prophet of Islam, uh, he, uh, he said he used to have something sweet after eating. Uh, it was a practice of his. So, in but that was just a small date. So at the end of the day, if we make these better choices with food, then we can tackle this problem. Absolutely. Now coming up is the news. Join us after the news for the second hour. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show here on Voice of Islam Radio Station. So, uh, we are in our second hour, and the topic for this hour is Durisameen. Now, what is Durisameen? Durisameen uh, is uh, what it literally means uh, perfect, uh, precious pearls. And uh, Durisameen is also the uh, is, is the title of uh, the uh, collection of uh, poems written by the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Now, <coughs> why are we talking about poems? Why are we going to talk about poems today? It's poetry day. It's poetry day. Yes, good mm. for him. Ten <laughs> points for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so today is National Poetry Day, and uh, this year, of course, it's on fifth of October, and so this uh, this is why we're going to talk about this. I mean, there's no better way to talk about poetry than to discuss. I think uh, the poems of uh, the Promised Messiah. You know, the Promised Messiah. For many of our listeners who may not know who the Promised Messiah was. So let me tell you, the Promised Messiah was the uh, founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, but he was also, of course, the promised Messiah that everybody is waiting for. Um, there is, you know, this concept in all religions uh, dating back to thousands of years uh, that uh, a Messiah will come in the latter days to revive, uh, you know, uh, spirituality, to revive uh, the religion. Um, and you know we find very very direct references from the Islamic teachings that he will come <coughs> uh, to revive the teachings of Islam but Islam does not uh, limits itself or Islam is not a religion that was sent for only the Arabs or for uh, selected few people um, it was meant to be a universal religion and that's what it is Islam is uh, a religion for all mankind mm. so naturally the messiah who was going to be sent was going to be sent uh, as a universal figure to unite all mankind and this is why we find uh, you know prophecies about a messiah coming in all religions because they predicted or their prophets predicted or prophesied you could say that at the end of times a messiah will come 
So are we now waiting for a Messiah for the Hindus, a Messiah for the Jews? Uh, Jews, by the way, still waiting for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. They don't accept Jesus, of course, as the Messiah. They're still yep. waiting for that Messiah. Then who else, you know, the Buddhists, are, uh, are they waiting for a Messiah? Um, the Christians, the Muslims, are, th- are there going to be several messiahs coming at once, you know, and God forbid, what's going to happen when there's going to be so much, there's going to be so much confusion, right? If mm. you have suddenly six, seven people uh, trying to bring people together, it's not going to work. You need to have one. So this is exactly what um, the Holy Prophet of Islam said as well, that this messiah will come and he will embody all different religions he will come to unite all different religions he will be the representative for everyone so there will be mm. one one person coming and that's what the claim of the promised messiah um, may peace be upon him um, <coughs> uh, that was his claim that uh, he said that I am Allah the Almighty has told me that I am the I am the champion I am the soldier of Allah the Almighty who has come in the cloaks of different religions uh, of different prophets mm. so um this is you know his claim and this is you know the teachings that he uh, brought was of peace was of uh, unity of god and uh, to bring people towards god almighty but he wrote so many books mm. right uh, around more than 85 books if you taken uh, in in consideration many smaller articles as well it's, it goes on for more than 100 right. so when he wrote th- those books it was for people to understand and he did delivered lectures mm. he did you know one to one sittings he did sit- gatherings yeah. and he prayed showed so many signs so many signs were shown in in his uh, support but he also used poetry and why why do you think he he used poetry so i think it's just another way to be able to express yourself as yeah. well right and it's another way, way to, to connect explore. with people yeah and it's it's important because like that's why there there is a need for a national poetry day because um the statistics show that 66.5% of children and young people agreed that writing poetry made them feel better during lockdown according to the national literary trust and um according to the CLPE the power of poetry um it poetry is an important vehicle to explore individual identity and the identity of others so yeah. just these things alone so poetry why. is very powerful right i mean uh, the words yeah. are really powerful uh, i mean the holy quran is not poetry but it's recited in a melodious way mm. and when you recite it it flows beautifully so it is attractive you know it's it's it gives you comfort in the same way the poetry different kind of poetry whether they're english or do or arabic or other languages there is something to it that's that's uh, you know gives you peace gives yeah. you some kind of uh, you know satisfaction at heart when you listen to poetry and good nice poetry pure yeah. poetry really has can deliver a message that maybe uh, sometimes a book may not be able to in the yeah. same way so there are things that can really stick into the mind in your mind you know when you listen to poetry i mean if we look at different religions like uh, the psalms of david and mm. you know other prophets also use these kind of methods to to reach those people who have a particular you know 
Uh, well, that's the thing. We, we all learn and understand things in, in different, different ways. ways. Yeah. So some people are visual learners, some people, you know, through listening. So it's just one other channel in which to reach people uh, to diversify that. And I think that, and it sounds really good. Mm, yeah, no, it does. <laughs> And look, this is exactly what the Promise Society also did. I mean, in his books, when you read his books, sometimes you will come across <coughs> poetry randomly in the books. But not randomly yeah. as such, but you're reading a book and you will have a section of yeah. some verses there, poems. And they are linked to the subject that is being discussed yeah. in, in those books, right? And it's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing when you go through it. It gives you that context. Yeah. It, 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 gives, it just adds another, for lack of a better word, flavor. Flavor yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So... That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to listen to some of his poetry, which is recited beautifully in the Urdu language. But of course, don't despair if you can't understand Urdu. Right after the Urdu, we will also translate uh, that bit of poetry for you. So the theme, I think, for the National Poetry uh, Day is Refuge. Refuge. Right. Now, the first poem that we're going to play uh, is Help of God. There is no better refuge than the help of God, of yeah. course. And the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, highlighted the need to put full faith in God Almighty, especially at times of adversity. Mm. So many people are going through so many challenges. Uh, they might not even be following any religion, you know, but they might be going through mental challenges, challenges of environment, uh, stress, uh, anxieties. So that is also a great way to channel that and try to find God yeah. to find refuge in God so let's have a listen to the first uh, um, uh, part uh, of the poetry which uh, is Khuda ke paak logon ko Khuda se nusrat aati hai Khuda ke paak logon ko Khuda se nusrat aati hai khuda ke paak logon ko khuda se nusrat aati hai jab aati hai to phir aalam ko ek aalam dikhati hai from god when it comes it opens up a new vista upon the world it turns into gust and blows away each wayside straw it becomes fire and scorches every adversary At times becoming dust it falls on the head heads of foes at times turning to water it breaks a tempest upon them Oh 
जाती है आगर हर मुखालिफ को जलाती है Times becoming dust, it falls on the heads of foes. At times turning to water, it breaks a tempest upon them. God's plans, in short, are hindered not by men. Can people hold any sway before their Maker? God's plans, in short, unhindered not by men, can people hold any sway before their Maker? That was the poem uh, Nusrat Ilahi from Brahim Ahmadiyya, part two um, of the Promised Messiah, uh, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. To pious men of God, help comes from God. When it comes, it opens up a new vista upon the world. It turns into gust and blows away each wayside straw. It becomes fire and scorches every adversary. At times, becoming dust, it falls on the heads of foes. At times, turning to water, it breaks a tempest upon them. God's plans, in short, are hindered not by men. Can people hold any sway before their maker? Such a beautiful poem uh, mm. written by the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mizah Ghulam Ahmad. And uh, it shows that those people who truly trust 
God Almighty, put their yeah. trust in Allah. Allah the Almighty takes it upon Himself to help those people. And at that time, nobody can, you know, challenge them. Nobody can succeed in stopping them because God Almighty is on their side. Mm. And in every challenge they pass through, they come out successful and victorious. And um, just like fire is turned into water and extinguished by f- by 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 water, in the same way, all of these challenges, you know, Allah the Almighty turns uh, turn, turns uh, all the all the those challenges into success. So um, the promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, of course, his own life, you know, was was clear uh, in this way as well that he had the backing of Allah the Almighty throughout the uh, his life and every challenge that came his way Allah the Almighty was on his side um, now this poem was written 140 years ago still give the listeners so much comfort and solace after all we also read in the Holy Quran uh, those who believe and whose hearts find comfort in the remembrance of Allah i.e. it is in the remembrance of Allah that hearts can find comfort so when we feel that we are up against it all or we are going through some difficulties challenges etc we should always try to console ourselves that uh, we have Allah the Almighty to rely on and there is nothing else that you can rely on that is higher than that Allah the Almighty is the one that is there uh, you know at all times when even your closest one may not be around you so this is the level of uh, you call it tawakkul in, mm. in, in, in Arabic or in Urdu as well that this is the reliance or trust in, in Allah the Almighty and this is essentially taqwa which is mentioned in the Holy Quran that a believer should have that he should always rely on Allah the Almighty now um, talking well, yes, I was going to say that the poetry day uh, is the theme is refuge right Yeah, and we often say um, when starting things uh, we say I seek refuge with Allah um, and I think that that's just these verses uh, and these poems they kind of iterate and uh, not iterate sorry um, reiterate that fact of you can find peace and solace and refuge from God with God um, from everything else and that it's it's just it sounds so beautiful and it makes you really truly understand that building that connection with God can really be a refuge for you throughout any sort of problem or any sort of difficulty that you're facing. Yep. Let's go to the next poem uh, which is Iknaik Din Pesh Hoga Tu Fanake Samne. This is uh, another poem uh, that uh, the Promised Messiah um, has written. And what it means is that uh, one day you will be uh, standing in front of Allah the Almighty. So mm. I think this one is a reminder of uh, <coughs> our temporary life on yeah. the earth and uh, that one day we will be standing and be answerable to our actions mm. so that's one that really will give you more of a self-reflection yeah. um, a reality reality check, check. Yeah. yes of course so let's have a listen to that <laughs> तु फना के सामने 
एक नायक दिन पेश होगा तू फना के सामने one day for sure you'll face mortality no one holds sway against what's decreed one day you will have to leave this mortal world Everyone is compelled in the face of God's command. It is a must that you always remain stoic, O oh man. In the face of grief and sorrow, dejection and torment, do not be disappointed from the court of God. What are hardships for the remover of hardships? What needs of thine would helpless men fulfill? You should state all thy needs to the fulfiller of needs. You should erase from heart the sign of duality. 
कल्ब से नक्शे दुई सर झुका बस माल के अर्जो समा के सामने Bow your head only before the master of heavens and the earth arzo sama ke samne chahiye nafrat badi se aur neki se pyar there should be loathing for evil and love for virtue aur neki se pyar एक दिन जाना है तुझको भी खुदा के सामने वन डे यू विल ऑल्सो हैव टू अपियर इन फ्रंट ऑफ गॉड तुझको भी खुदा के सामने रास्ते के सामने कब झूठ फलता है भला वेन डज फॉल्सहुड एवर फ्लरिश अगेंस्ट द ट्रूथ कब झूठ फलता है भला कदर क्या पत्थर की लाले बे बहा के सामने वट वर्थ हैज अ स्टोन compared to a precious gem kilale be baha ke samne ik na ik din pesh hoga tu fana ke samne one day for sure you'll face mortality kisi ki कुछ कजा के सामने एक ना एक दिन नो वन होल्ड्स वे अगेंस्ट व्हाट्स डिक्रीड फना के सामने सो दिस This is another poem of the Promissaya. This uh, <coughs> poem, as you have heard, talks about the Day of Judgment, basically, or the end of every each and every mm. individual. That uh, we will be held, obviously, accountable to our deeds. We should look forward to that. And the interesting thing is that the Promissaya Islam is uh, pointing out the fact that instead of fearing that time, you should prepare yourself. You should you should be ready for that. you know mm. you should uh, you should look forward to that because this world is temporary and yeah. don't you know put your heart into this world and how many times do we see on a daily basis throughout the history that mm. people invest all they have in material things in the world and what's in it wealth try to accumulate as much as they can but at the end of the day they leave with nothing yeah and what is going to be asked about is not how rich you were how wealthy you were mm. you know how many companies you owned what kind of position you had mm. you know if you were a prime minister or not yeah. <laughs> well you probably would be asked about what you did <laughs> yeah. but of course it comes down to what you did right it comes down to how you treated people mm. you know how was your relationship with god did you remember god mm. you know who created you created everything for you to benefit from 
Did you fulfill your rights towards mankind? Were you kind to people? Did you help people? Mm. You know, when you had the power, when you had the chance, when you had the resources, did you do your best? Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that that's the beauty of the Prophet's message in in this poem is just like you know that that's the this is the temporary world, and where you're going to end up is is what's going to be forever. And I think that when you realize that, it gives you a different perspective to this life. It, you know, these trivial things that sometimes consume our minds, uh, they fade away because it's like, okay, like, so what if my car got scratched? Right? I'm not gonna take that with me. You mm. know, it, there's no, there's no need to to feel torment or spend. Um, time thinking about material Stressing possessions. About it, yeah, yes. like there's no need to stress about it because the thing is, is that you're gonna leave this world the way you entered it mm. with nothing, right? And I think that it's a stark reminder for us all to not get caught up in this. You know, a lot of people are in the rat race of 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 life, trying to you know achieve as much as possible, acquire as much wealth. Whereas there's only two real things that we need to focus on is is building that relationship uh, and you know finding fo- God, fo- yes. um, finding God, and to serve humanity. Yeah, um, is, those two things are what should take up your time um, and what should be your focus. Yeah, and you know we see so much unrest in the world today with people pointing fingers at one another. There's political tensions. There are wars happening. But people are not trying to find any solution to that. There seems to be too much frustration, too much, uh, you know, conflict. And and why are people not looking for a solution? Why are not people looking for how we can improve ourselves and improve our relations and be better human beings? Well, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has been trying to do that. And the fifth caliph, the current worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, has spoken about this uh, many times at one occasion... And this was at the um, uh, annual convention, I believe, the 39th annual convention of the MDM Muslim community in Holland. Uh, he spoke about the role of religion. He said, in today's world, critics are quick to blame religion, and particularly Islam, for the problems of the world. Yet many people who are suffering from inner torment and unrest are those who live in a purely secular existence. And so their problems cannot be blamed on Islam or any other religion. As a religious leader, I firmly believe that instead of being the cause of today's problems, religion is the answer. Uh, let's move on to the next poem um, of the Promised Messiah. And that one is um, about uh, um, the help of Allah the Almighty. Um, he talks about uh, the, the need to attach yourself firmly with God Almighty with uh, such strong uh, resolve and belief as prophets and individuals before uh, did as well because their lives are a testament of how truth and goodness will always prevail when you stand in the shadow of uh, God Almighty. And the poem is called Kabhi Nusrat Nahi Milti Dare Mola Se Gandon Ko that Allah the Almighty never um, support those people who <coughs> spread evil. So let's have a listen to that. Fahim, um, I give you another chance. Are you, are you happy to translate this? Yes? yes. Okay, let's go. Kabhi nusrat nahi milti 
ಸುಂದರಿ ಮಾಲಾಸೆ ಗಂದೋ The evil ones never obtain help from God's door. He never lets his pious ones go to waste. Only they are close to him who lose their own selves. जो अपना आप खोते हैं नहीं रहा उसकी बारगाह तक खुद पसंदों को नहीं रहा उसकी बारगाह तक खुद selfish ones have no access to his high court yehi tadbir hai pyaro ke mango us se qurbat ko tis the only way my dear that you ask him for nearness just seek his hand and burn all other means Just seek his hand and burn all other means. Beautiful poem uh, from Tiryakul Kulub uh, and uh, as you heard the translation was that the evil ones never obtain help from God's door he never lets his pious ones go to waste only they are close to him who lose their own selves the selfish ones have no access to his high court this is the only way my dear that you ask him for nearness just seek his hand and burn all other means so this is the level of uh, taqwa righteousness and uh, level of uh, trust that a believer is expected to have yep. uh, in allah the almighty and of course as we saw in the previous 
<coughs> poem as well that uh, this is what matters mm. and this is uh, what uh, the objective should be to achieve the nearness of Allah the Almighty even about the paradise you know when we say in the hereafter we mm. we want to attain paradise what is paradise you know it's, it's yeah. people think that uh, you know it's it's maybe some gardens and yeah. you know fruits and milk and honey you do get many of these things here right Allah the Almighty has prepared yes for you something even more beautiful and more amazing that you yeah. can even imagine but it is not the materialistic things that should be in our desire that oh i want you know a ferrari in the hereafter i want yeah. uh, you know a palace that with gardens and i want to be in there our desire should be that we want to be near allah the almighty our yeah. love for allah the almighty should be that much that we want to be near him this yeah. is what you know this poem is talking about definitely and i feel like that those those examples um that people often take the the, the mistake that they it's the feeling of having those things that God is describing to say that, you know, when you come uh, to the hereafter, that is what you will feel as if it was, um, you know, rivers of flowing milk, which would quench your thirst, etc. Um, that it's truly like once you build that relationship. But look, if you have a relationship with anybody, you want to be near with them. Yeah, right? that's it. Where if you're if you're far from them, you want to be closer to them. You know, distance makes the heart grow fonder. It's basically sometimes I think of life as like the distance yeah. that is that we have from God to create the heart to grow fonder. And you know, once we once we able to um, once we leave this earth, that's that's where we end up, where we want it to be. Yeah. So this is you know um, something that the Promised Messiah Islam has explained in other words, and I'm going to mention them because it goes so nicely with what we're talking about. So the Promised Messiah said, uh, uh, "The highest delight is found in our God, beyond which there is no greater delight. Something that is concealed is called paradise, and paradise is called paradise because it has concealed blessings. True paradise is God with whom." No wavering problem is associated. This is why the highest blessings of paradise are counted as the pleasure of Allah is the greatest of all. And owing to this, uh, man is ever in some grief or problem. However, the more divine nearness he attains, the greater he is, you know, colored in the uh, blessings of Allah the Almighty. And he finds real peace and comfort by relative degree to his closeness with God Almighty I mean just look at the prophets right mm. they did not desire any empires or they did not desire any wealth uh, they wanted the opposite actually I mean they when they got the wealth they gave it away to people mm. to make their lives easier for people's you know to help and charity and all that but they themselves wanted just more time to mm. pray right okay. <laughs> the, for example the holy prophet of Islam prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa peace and blessings of Allah be upon him he, you know, uh, there's there's a very beautiful example where he was, uh, uh, he woke up during the middle of the night and uh, his wife, Hazrat Aisha, Anha, may Allah be pleased with her, um, you know, uh, she was uh, with him and he said that, uh, do you give me permission to, to, to pray, to spend more time in prayers? And she was like, yes, of course, you messenger of Allah, you, you do this day and night, mm. you've, by all means, you know, continue. And he would spend that time, even spend time when people would like to just sleep and get rest. Mm. He would spend that time. Any moment that he would get, he would spend that in 
remembering Allah the Almighty. And that was he was getting that true pleasure from from praise. So that mm. shows you how much the prophets, you know, uh, desire to be in constant closeness to Allah the Almighty. And yeah. that for them is is paradise. No, I, I love that narration you just mentioned because um, I was discussing this the other day where it's like the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, um, is the epitome of all man and, and like true righteousness. Yeah. And, and, you know, people could sit there and say that, hey, you know, like, he's such a great person. Would he need to do that? But the thing is, he consistently would be up all night in prayer, crying to to build that relationship with his creator to truly like have that relationship and that closeness so if someone who the world was essentially created for mm. to do that on on a on a regular basis it just makes us realize that hey we we know what we need to focus on right yeah absolutely um Let's go to the next poem, uh, which is Khuda se wohi log karte hain pyar. Only those people who are in love with Allah the Almighty. Who are those people? Let's have a listen to that poem. Fahim, again, I would request you to translate sure. as we listen to this poem. Khuda se wohi log karte hain pyar. जो सब कुछ ही करते हैं Only those people are in love with God who sacrifice everything for his sake जो सब कुछ ही करते हैं इसी फिक्र में रहते हैं रोज़ और शब इसी फिक्र में रहते हैं रोज़ और शब के राज़ी वो दिलदार होता है कब each night and day they are concerned with this when would their beloved be truly pleased with them They give him their life and wealth, time and again. Yet in their hearts they still fear being so useless. They attach their heart with that pure one. Tis they who leave this earth thus purified. Is 
खुदा से वही लोग करते हैं प्यार जो सब कुछ ही करते हैं उस पर निसार जो सब कुछ ओनली दोज पीपल आर इन लव विद गॉड हु सेक्रीफाइस एवरीथिंग फॉर हिज सेक All right so now the previous point we talked about the love of Allah the almighty and uh, now when we look at this poem it talks about that just saying or believing that you love Allah the almighty mm-hmm. is not enough you know everybody can say that yeah. everybody can proclaim that but you have to show it and how do you show it you have to sacrifice you have to sacrifice your wealth your time your honor your own desires mm-hmm. to to devote yourself allah the mighty right so you have to show with your practice then you will feel uh, the help of allah the mighty then you will see the allah the mighty will come and be uh, your uh, everything but you have to show you have to show some some uh, some sacrifice the mission of the promised messiah was not to bring about a new faith but to revive the true teachings of islam and this is what a revival is that you have to show again he wanted Muslims to go back to recognizing Allah the Almighty, go back to the unity of Allah, and then also practice. Because the problem was that when the Promised Messiah Islam came, and even now the time was right because there were so many wrong practices happening in uh, Islam, you know, amongst the Muslims and generally as well. So he came to change that. And this exact poem obviously is talking about that. <coughs> that you need to be a good practical model so um let's go to the uh, next poem which uh, is um nahi logo tumhe haq ka khayal and this is about uh, you know people why don't you care for the truth and the promissaya talks about uh, the importance of accepting the truth and uh, you know changing our hearts that we can accept the truth so let's have a listen to that kyun nahi logo tumhe haq ka khayal kyun nahi logo tumhe haq ka khayal Oh people why don't you care for the truth mere so so ubal dil my heart gets so terribly agitated mere so so ubal kyon nahi logo tumhe The eye is wet there is arching in my heart why is there so much dust upon the hearts ye gard hai 
The eye is wet, there is aching in my heart. Why is there so much dust upon the hearts? The heart is getting restless each instant. In which wilderness should I let out this steam? We became extremely disconcerted with the pain. We died, but you were not aware. There is a commotion in the heavens, O heedless ones. Pray, take a look if you are on the alert. Oh people, why don't you care for the truth? The faith is overwhelmed by attacks of disbelief. 
तुमसे चोर हो के हमलों से चोर हो गया दीफ्र के हमलों से चोर चुप रहे कब तक खुदावन दे गयो हाउ लॉन्ग वुड द ऑनर कॉन्शियस गॉड स्टे साइलेंट दे गयोर चुप रहे कब तक खुदा दे गयोर बदगुमा क्यों हो खुदा कुछ याद है बदगुमा क्यों हो खुदा कुछ याद है वाई डू यू मिस ट्रस्ट डू यू रिमेंबर गॉड कब तलक बुनियाद है इफ तेरा के कब तलक बुनियाद है हाउ लॉन्ग वुड द फाउंडेशन ऑफ फेब्रिकेशन लास्ट वो खुदा मेरा जो है जो हर शनास वो खुदा दैट गॉड ऑफ माइन हु नोज द ट्रू वर्थ जो हर शनास वो खुदा मेरा जो है जोहर शनास एक जहां को लहा है मेरे पास एक ही इज ब्रिंगिंग ए मल्टीट्यूड ऑन टू मी मेरे पास सो that is another beautiful poem of the <clears throat> promised messiah and uh, you know we can go on and on the durasameen the collection of his yeah. poems are uh, you know uh, there for uh, for anybody who would like to go through them i i know many of those are in urdu some in arabic but some of them are translated so um, you could uh, have a look at that um, and and remember that He said, the promise of Messiah said that कुछ शेर और शायरी से अपना नहीं ताल्लुक इस डब से कोई समझे बस मुद्दा यही है दैट आई हैव नो डिज़ायर टू लाइक यू नो डू दिस पोइट्री और इम्प्रेस पीपल विद माई पोइट्री स्किल्स द ओनली ऑब्जेक्टिव इज दैट पीपल रिकगनाइज द ट्रू मैसेज एंड कम्स टू वर्ड गॉड यू नो डेफिनेटली एंड आई थिंक दैट या इट्स जस्ट इम्पोर्टेंट दैट इट्स नॉट अबाउट trying to show off any sort of po- poetic skill it's mm. it's that message deliverance in a different way and obviously we'd like to thank our producers uh, Anam Mahmood and Samar Salman Ahmed Kamar yeah uh, so uh, i hope you enjoyed today's program both of the topics especially this one as well was uh, was always always very calming to listen to the poetry of the promised messiah coming up next is the news